Fantasy Football Show. I am joined again by Ryan Thomas of the Thomas Take Sports Podcast. And once again, Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Josh. How are you? I'm great. Moving into week 11. Can you believe it? <laughs> it, it came and, and went. I, I guess you could say the first 10 weeks of the season are, are, are just gone in the blink of an eye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is how it goes every year, though. You look back, you're like, oh, it's week one. Before you know it, yeah, you're like week 13. You're like, where did it go? But it flew yeah, by. It, it flew by. But hey, we got some amazing matchups this week. We're going to talk um, some positional breakdowns for everyone. And let's get right into this. So QBs, first off, I'm just looking at some of the matchups. I see Lamar's playing Houston. He's actually ranked number one this week. Mahomes is completely back to normal. I don't think there's any worries there. Deshaun Watson is playing Baltimore's D, but still Deshaun Watson. What I'm looking at, I see Derek Carr's playing Cincinnati. I think that's a really favorable matchup. What do you think about that? Uh, I would definitely agree with you. I think that's a great matchup. Uh, Cincinnati is obviously... I think they're tanking. You know, they, they disagree. They don't show that they're tanking. They say that they're not tanking. But uh, they did bench Andy Dalton a few weeks back, and Ryan Finley has been starting for them. But this defense with the Bengals is just terrible. I, I mean, they oh, are yeah. the, the worst defense in the National Football League. Uh, and Derek Carr likes to throw that deep ball. So he might not have the Antonio Browns of the world to throw the, ball, uh, to throw the football to. But, you know, Hunter Renfro has been a decent, you know, bench flyer uh, Tyrell Williams is a decent player and I think the guy that has really um, even exceeded my expectations which were already high is the running back of the Oakland Raiders Josh Jacobs what a phenomenal player he has been throughout yep. this rookie season yeah and that's a great point we'll get into RBs but yeah he'll be another very good mm-hmm. matchup first them especially if they get the lead start pounding the ball That'll be a fantastic matchup. But you know what else I'm looking at, too? I see Kyle Allen, which we talked about on the last show, is playing against Atlanta. I think that's also a very favorable matchup because that D's terrible. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. What do you think? Kyle Allen, yeah. And I mean, last week he had his first 300-yard passing game. So hopefully he can kind of translate that success to, to this upcoming week. Um, I've been so impressed by him and, and thinking that, you know, he was a third string quarterback, uh, you know, last, you know, or heading into this season, I should say, he was listed as their third string. They had Will, uh, Will Greer and uh, Cam Newton as the starters. And now he's the starter. And now he's going up against the Atlanta, uh, the, uh, it, it, he's going up against Atlanta this week, which I think is an awesome matchup. As you said, Atlanta's defense has been pretty inconsistent right wouldn't you say throughout the yeah. season no absolutely that's kind of why i just call them bad yeah they're very inconsistent i could see him easily blowing the door open mm-hmm. yeah and i mean as as his stat line here reads 28 of 43 passes i mean they're not afraid to let him uh throw the football which they're pretty confident that that he can you know put up decent numbers yeah and, and they that he can in you know multiple weeks throughout the season yeah, I mean, they got to see what he's got. So they're going to let him air it out. And there's even a chance Cam Newton might not be there next year. So they got to figure out what they have in Kyle Allen. So I like that matchup a lot, which I just said. I see Nick Foles. He's back. I know we talked about it, but they were on a bye week. Back at Indy. What do you think happens here? I see they have him ranked at 19. I mean, from what I know about Nick Foles, I wouldn't be too worried about starting him. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say he's going to go out there and throw four touchdowns, but I usually plug him in. I, I actually did in my one league. But what do I you think? think- yeah, I think him him being ranked at 19, I think that's a little bit um, – that, that's kind of – it's just kind of rude in a way. Yeah. <laughs> because Nick Foles has been a, a decent quarterback, a very accurate quarterback, a guy that can you know usually complete 
know, 25 of 30 or 30 of 35 or 35 of 40. Um, he's just a very accurate quarterback, solid West Coast quarterback. And I think with Nick Foles, too, this fit with him in Jacksonville, I really liked the fit of, of him going from Philly to Jacksonville because Jacksonville has a lot of weapons in this offense. Leonard Fournette, DJ Chark, obviously D.D. Westbrook. Um, they, they got some pieces around Nick Foles to really do a lot of good things with. And I think that's why Gardner Minshew, uh, among the many reasons, I think that's why Minshew found success. I think Foles will find success as well. And I mean, against Indy, I, I don't know the status of Jacoby Brissett, but um, if Brian Hoyer is starting for the Indianapolis Colts, I think that's going to create more opportunity for Jacksonville's offense because uh, Hoyer did not have a good week last week. And that Indy offense looks to be kind of sputtering. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was actually going to say that as well, because Brian Hoyer had a really bad week. Um, we, I, I thought he would plug in A-OK. Could have been a fluke. Uh, he had some tough sledding on that day. I would probably say bench him this week. I wouldn't go anywhere near him, which I think is going to, again, cause problems for that team, giving more opportunities to the Jaguars, where Nick Foles should succeed quite well. So I, I like that. Um I don't know. I'm trying to think if he'd be on the waiver wires for some leagues. I mean, if he is, because he he was in mine. I mean, that's a solid pickup. You know, yeah. put it that way. So, or if you do have him on your bench and you need a bye week sub or injury sub, because Matt Stafford is out this. Well, he's not out this week yet, but he was injured last week. Don't really know how it's looking yet. And a report on that, by the way, it says day to day, comma week to week. So, right. I, so I, I mean, I know what they're trying to get at. That probably means he's not coming back. You know what I mean? Like a miracle, right. maybe he'll come back, but it looks like he's going to be out again. And I don't really have too much faith in Driscoll to back up. So that's another person I really wouldn't be looking to sub with. So I think Nick Foles would be one of the top people I'm looking at. I don't know. Right. You know. I, I agree. I think he was a when when they said that he was coming back. He was somebody that I, you know, my, my dad had some quarterback trouble in in our league that we play in and. I told him, I said, hey, you know, Foles is available. I would I would go snatch him while you can. He snatches yep. him right away. And and I think in a multiple quarterback league, especially if you are without Matt Stafford or if you're going to face Pat Mahomes bye week in a couple weeks, uh, I think next week here, um, I, I would definitely look towards, you know, filling that spot, filling that hole with, with Nick Foles. Um, I, I think that's a, a great add. And I was really – disappointed when he had that injury because I did worry that he wouldn't be back this season but to see him back already you know week 11 here that was that was pretty nice to see yeah I mean unfortunately Minshew mania had to take a toll but Mm -hmm. I I, yeah I really wanted to watch him too when he went down I was pretty upset about that didn't want to see it happen but what are you gonna do he's back hopefully back in full effect um let's rip into some running backs here you know who I'm looking at and I want your opinion on this one Brian Hill of Atlanta, because it looks like Devontae Freeman's probably going to be out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be at least a really good waiver wire pickup, and that might have already happened, I'd imagine. But if he's still there, or maybe you picked him up and not sure if you want to play him, what do you think? Do you think he's going to have a good game? He's playing Carolina. Um, I, they definitely, have, yeah, yeah, I, definitely, I definitely think that, that he is the number one waiver pickup this week, without a doubt, um, for, for – obvious reasons you know he, he does have a decent matchup um he is playing a team in carolina that i think you know they really needed atlanta's offense really needs to establish a run game they haven't established a run game really all year i think devonta freeman was a bit of a bust based on where he was drafted but what really intrigues me about brian hill is his size he's six foot one 220 pounds 
He's a back that can run three downs um, and is definitely somebody that I thought was, was pretty impressive um, this past week with 21 touches for 61 yards and also had a catch for 10 additional yards. So uh, in, in comparison to Devontae Freeman, who is a little bit of a smaller running back, I feel like Brian Hill has more chances to get in between the tackle touches. And he obviously already has with, you know, 21 touches last week. And uh, Falcons head coach um, Dan Quinn said that he was very confident that Brian Hill will be getting the ball early and often uh, in the game. So in, in comparison to waiver, you know, wire running backs that were picked up um, in previous weeks, like Kalen Ballage and, um, you know, Ty Johnson, I think Brian Hill is a much better alternative. Um, he looks like he's going to get early down work and is probably going to be an upside, you know, RB2 as we head into week 11 here against Carolina. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um, there's another player I wanted to get into as well. Kareem Hunt. What do you think about Kareem Hunt? Obviously, Nick Chubb's there. I mean, there's no way he takes that role. But, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Is he going to have any fa- uh, fantasy relevance? Obviously, he did get points against the Bills. That was a little bolstered. He only had like 30 yards or so. But what do you think? I think he will. I think that there's plenty of ball to go around in that offense because they have to establish some sort of uh, unique passing game slash run game. And I think they did that last week against Buffalo, unfortunately, as we're, you know, Bills, yeah. Bills people, as everybody knows. But they used Kareem Hunt in a lot of different ways. At one point, he was lining up as a fullback and kind of blocked for Nick Chubb. And then they used Kareem Hunt as a pass catching running back. I mean, I think that's what would, that's what would intrigue me the most about Kareem Hunt is his potential PPR, um, you know, prospects of him being a PPR force because this guy has spent, you know, the first 10 weeks of the season out. He hasn't taken the hits that maybe a Nick Chubb has taken. And I think Cleveland definitely wants to use him. I don't think they would have gone out and and made a move for him under those circumstances if they didn't. So, you know, him being a a former uh, Toledo Rocket, uh, as, as well, you know, being from that area, uh, I think that he's kind of like a, a hometown, you know, discount type um, player that they wanted to go after and implement in their offense. And I definitely feel like they will do that as the season wears on. But I don't know if it will take away from Nick Chubb's touches in, in terms of fantasy performance. I think Kareem Hunt will do well. Chubb will do well. And, and ultimately, the Browns are going to try to make a little bit of a playoff push here. I know that sounds a little crazy given the record, the three and six, but we, we still got a lot of season left. I feel like the AFC is kind of wide open. And I think the, the teams that are even on the outside looking in, like Jacksonville, like Cleveland, somewhat know that, that they still have a shot at, at putting some wins together. No, absolutely. I completely agree with that. I mean, if you look at the Browns team, I don't want to get too much into just the Browns as a whole. I think we've done that before. Mm-hmm. But they still have so much talent on that team where they could easily rattle off tons of wins. But I also agree with your point um, with the Kareem thing. I don't think he'll take any touches from Chubb, but I think he will have some fantasy relevance. I mean, he had seven receptions this week. If you keep that up, get yards, throwing a touchdown here and there, uh, that's points. You know, that's points. Right, I know right. some people had him scooped up, but if he's there, you know, it might be a worthy pickup. Um, you know, another player I want to talk about, Damon Williams. So, obviously, a lot of people draft, like, way back to the draft times, people were taking him high. They totally regretted that. <laughs> and he's done awful for the past four, well, not, I guess, two weeks ago, four weeks before that. But now, week nine and ten, you know, he blew the door open again. So, is he back? Because the reason I even bring this up is, I guess, for people that have him, and I've, I've seen people drop him. So... Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'd have to say pick this guy back up, right? Right. I mean, 
I get. I think you got to look at that whole situation with Damian Williams, Sean McCoy. Um, you got to say to yourself, where is it trending as far as the touches? And and Daryl Williams has dominated the touches. Uh, out touches D- Damian Williams. Out touched Daryl Williams twenty four to three this past week. Ran for nineteen carries, seventy seven yards, and also had some uh, PPR you know points as well. Yeah. Five catches for thirty two yards. So that is really uh, eye-opening to me. And LaShawn McCoy was healthy scratched uh, this past week. That really blew my mind. Uh, not that LaShawn McCoy is just, you know, the, the player that he wants. He's not the player that he once was, but to healthy scratch a running back that you got off a of free agency at a, at a discount price due to the fact that Buffalo cut him kind of late in the preseason uh, process, actually beyond the preseason, uh, prior to the season even starting, I thought that that was kind of a, a gift give from Buffalo to Kansas City, and apparently not because LeSean McCoy was was healthy, scratched, and he's getting outplayed by Damian Williams. And I definitely think to any fantasy owner that dropped Damian Williams, I think they made a little bit of a mistake, but it was kind of a catch twenty two because at that time he just wasn't getting the touches, and LeSean McCoy was getting those touches. And now as we head into the dog days of November, December football where the weather uh, plays a factor in the game. I think Damian Williams is going to get even more carries because as I said about Brian Hill, uh, Damian Williams is a bigger running back. He's, he's got some thick legs on him. So they're going to try to use him in between the tackles and, and uh, hopefully, you know, for them, it, it works out because Kansas city really needs to make this uh, playoff push here as they lost some games without Pat Mahomes and obviously lost this past week to Tennessee. Yeah. For sure. That's what I was saying. I really uh, don't know why anyone would drop him. I, I mean, I guess I do know why, but I saw him there, meant to pick him up. I didn't, kind of regretting it a little bit now. Um, I don't really know why LaShawn McCoy got so many touches like that. You think they would have split it, see how, he, how he's going to do? Didn't really do that much, you know what I mean? But right. what are you going to do now? I mean, what are you going to do now? Um, right. But yeah, if you see him on the waiver wire, uh, still, I think I'd pick him up because he's coming back. Or I think if you had him on your team and you've just been benching him, I think it's safe to say you could play him now. <laughs> yeah, like you said, they're finally like, okay, feed him the ball, and we're going to keep it that way. Um, right. Is there any other running backs you want to talk about? Uh, I mentioned him briefly, and that's the Oakland Raiders running back, Josh Jacobs. I mean, this guy, I was very high on him just from the perspective of having a keeper league or a dynasty league. Obviously, what that means for, for those that don't know is that you can keep the player year to year. Um, and him being a rookie, him being a, a, a young running back that was successful in college, um, but didn't have this massive workload that maybe a Devin Singletary had or, or maybe a David Montgomery had when they were in college. I thought that Josh Jacobs would really uh, perform at a high level because John Gruden uh, really wanted him, like Mayock really wanted him. And they picked him with the 22nd overall pick in the first round. And Josh Jacobs has just been um, phenomenal for me in fantasy football and to anyone that has drafted him. I look at him as somewhat of a, a gift grab because right now he's one of the top five running backs in fantasy football. I mean, last week he had, not only did he have the touches, but he had the targets as well via the mm-hmm. passing game, 71 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown to, to end the game to seal the victory for the Raiders as they're trying to make a playoff push, five catches uh, for five targets, three catches, 30 yards. And the week prior to that, 28 carries, 120 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, the the rushing attempts are there. The only thing I would worry about is maybe the Oakland Raiders 
burning him out. But hey, you gotta you gotta roll with it. They play Cincinnati, they play the Jets, they play Kansas City, uh, Tennessee, Jacksonville, and the Chargers. And their run defenses are so so. There's no uh, matchup that is in the red. No real stout run defense that the Raiders are going up against throughout the rest of the season. So I think Josh Jacobs potentially, barring you know that he stays healthy, could be even better than where he is ranked by the end of the season for sure for fantasy owners. Yeah, and unfortunately for this fantasy owner meaning me, I traded him. But nevertheless, I'd like to see him <laughs> succeed, so it's totally fine on my end. But let's get into some wide receivers. Um, DJ Chark, I know you talked about him. I mean, mm-hmm. start him, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, he's had some on and off weeks, so I'd have to imagine he's not your go-to starter in most leagues, you know, maybe flex. Um, but at this point, I think with Nick Foles coming back, like, what do you think? You, him or I know you talked about Westbrook. Who's the guy? Um, you know, I would definitely, honest, I would lean towards Westbrook just for the fact that I feel like Minshew is more of a stretch the field quarterback, whereas Nick Foles is more that West Coast, you know, slant underneath curl route uh, quarterback that likes to throw intermediate to, you know, 10 to 15 or 15 to 30 yard passes, where Minshew liked to throw, you know, 30 to 40. Uh, and I think it's a little bit of a different situation where Gardner Minshew didn't really have anything to lose. He only had things to gain. Whereas Nick Foles is, I mean, they guaranteed that they were going to pay him $50 million. So he's pretty comfortable in Jacksonville, I think. Uh, and Trench is their starter, barring, you know, he plays awful, which I don't think will happen. But um, I think maybe Foles will look more to Westbrook than, than what uh, Minshew did. But I would still start DJ Chark because he just has such big play potential. You go back to week five, he had eight catches for 164 receiving yards, and two touchdowns on 11 targets. Uh, and even so on the, you know, light weeks, um, as far as fantasy points go, he had targets, I mean, 12 targets one week, 11 the next week, eight the next week after that, nine the week after that. So I definitely believe that, that he will get his, his uh, targets with Foles, just a big body receiver. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Des Bryant type, a guy that can go up and get the ball um, and somebody that, you know, can obviously get yards after catch. Um, a little bit bigger maybe than Des Bryant, but just his catch radius reminds me uh, of, of Des Bryant. He'd always go up and get those deep balls for for Tony Romo and, and Dak. <laughs> and then throw up the X. And then throw up the X. Yeah, and then I mean, throw up the X. He was a fun player to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, complete sidebar. I definitely think he should be on a team. Right? I think so, too. I mean, that's yeah. got to be his opinion, though. Like, I mean, he could easily be on a team. I, I don't really know what's right. going on there. I, I wouldn't be worried. I, I don't think he'd be Des Bryant, but he would be good. <laughs> you know, there's no way he wouldn't be good. But some more receivers. Terry McLaren. That's what I want to talk about. McLaurin, however you want to say it. I really don't care. What do you think he's going to do this week? Because he really started hot. I know he didn't do too well with Haskins. That seemed to drop him a bit. Um, he mm-hmm. had a couple so-so weeks and then the bye. Now he's coming back versus the Jets this week. What do you think? Right. What's really weird is I look at McLaurin and, and it says um, that he had, you know, in week eight, he had four catches for 39 yards on six targets. Same, same thing next week. The next week against Buffalo, he had four catches for 39 yards and six targets. Uh, I think when you see a young quarterback struggle uh, getting acclimated to the offense, getting acclimated to the weapons around him, and then you see that that team has a bye, no matter how bad the Washington Redskins are, and they're pretty bad, but no matter how bad that team is, I think after the bye, I would hope that 
Haskins worked some things out with McLaurin because he is the best receiver on the Washington Redskins by far. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he's he's a, a true stud wide receiver and a, and a great pick by the Redskins, which is pretty rare to say that uh, in recent years. But they go up against the Jets, and, I mean, we know who the Jets are. They're this inconsistent team where I, I currently believe that the players don't really want to play for Adam Gase. Um, they're kind of mailing it in, and, and some of them aren't, some of them are. So you, you don't know what effort you're going to get out of the New York Jets. One week they could look like they're ready to take over against the Dallas Cowboys. And then the next week they, you know, or weeks after that, they lose to the Miami Dolphins, giving the Dolphins their first win of the season. So I definitely think that Haskins has a lot of potential. Um, he's in a really crappy situation. And I think if he's smart, he would definitely lean on McLaurin as, as the number one weapon of the offense. So I would start him this week. I think the Jets is a really good matchup in comparison to Buffalo in week nine, um, and in comparison even to Minnesota week eight. He's probably lined up on Xavier Rhodes and, and Trey White those consecutive weeks. My memory serves me right. So um, the Jets do not have a Trey White. They don't have a uh, Xavier Rhodes. So I would I would put him in my lineup and, and hope for a better outing for sure. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, the last receiver that I have I want to talk about, Christian Kirk. <laughs> this dude – Balled out. <laughs> this dude balled out. He needed this. Three oh touchdowns, God. 138 yards, six receptions. How about that? That was phenomenal. Josh, I will not lie to you. This past week in, in my league that I've commissioned for about 10 for about 10 years. Actually, I think we're actually in the ninth season now. I wow. won my matchup. I won my matchup week 10, 223.16. To two to two thirteen point seven four, it was the highest scoring two quarterback matchup that I have seen ever in in my lifetime uh, of, of playing fantasy football. And Christian Kirk forty one points in, in my league with the touchdowns, with the bonuses that he had on a forty yard touchdown yep. reception, uh, six catches as you said, one hundred thirty eight yards, three receiving touchdowns on ten targets. This was the week that I had been waiting for from Christian Kirk. I, I knew that this guy had the potential to really be a, a dominant force uh, in this league because he was a great college receiver, and Kyler Murray loves to get him the ball when he's out there playing and healthy. So to see that happen, granted, it was against probably the second-worst passing defense in the NFL and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, first being obviously Cincinnati. Um, I definitely, I'm, I'm not really shocked that it happened against Tampa Bay, but I am very, very happy and elated that he put up the numbers that he did because this guy is, is a definite keeper in, in most leagues and is a receiver that I think is going to really, um, put himself in the top five, top 10 in the national football league. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that he did have those injuries for the three or injury for the three weeks because he's got some good stats out of seven games, almost got 500 yards, three touchdowns. It's really not bad. Um, and, and it's a shame. But you know what? I think he's back. They do have a tough matchup against San Francisco next week, or I guess this week. Um, and then he goes on a bye. But I, I this was great for him. And I think he should oh, be a starter. Sure. Yeah, it, clearly he's healthy. Clearly he's good to go. I think he should be in your lineup given your lineup, but you know what I mean? I wouldn't be subbing him like I was before, a little nervous about it. I think he's ready to go officially. You know, you agree with that? Yeah, I, I do too. And I mean, maybe he, I mean, to expect a game like that every single week, you, you're just, you're just out of your mind. You're not going to get it. He's not uh, Patrick Mahomes receivers. 
Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, but but I will say that, you know, now that they have figured out ways to get him the ball in, in more ways than one, I felt like he was kind of used one-dimensionally throughout the season up until this game. And you go back to week nine, um, where, where the uh, Arizona Cardinals played the San Francisco 49ers, and, and Kirk had five targets, two catches for eight receiving yards. So he has this massive week against one of the worst passing defenses in the league. And now uh, a week later, he's back against the San Francisco 49ers in San Fran. Not the best matchup, but you know what? I, I you definitely got to start him after that week. And, you know, I think Arizona is figuring out how to get him the ball. Yeah. I mean, even Kyler, too. It's a rookie quarterback. I mean, they have things. They're, it's, they're still learning. That's the only way to put right, it. Right. Even though Similar it's late, it's week 10, it's, that's still well. learning. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, takes time. To that. It takes time, and I mean, Kyler Murray, another quarterback that I would definitely say that if you know you drafted him, uh, you were one step ahead because he's somebody that is just going to be so relied on that he's going to be running the ball, he's going to be throwing the ball, and be getting some points. Yeah, no, he's doing great. Uh, let's get into some tight ends. Unless you had any other receivers you wanted to mention, uh, you know, another receiver that I'd like to mention. Uh, sure. Is Michael is Michael Gallup of uh, the Dallas Cowboys? He had ten cat, he had ten targets, I should say, uh, four receptions for seventy six yards and a touchdown. He's been getting touchdowns almost almost every week. It seems like he got one in week ten, got one in week nine, uh, and obviously you know had some struggles mid season. But week five, he had seven catches for one hundred thirteen yards and receiving touchdown on fourteen targets. Yeah, fourteen targets. Bay. So, I mean, that is that is unreal. I think Dak is really looking to get him the ball. Uh, Amari Cooper has been dinged up and banged up. So, you know, Michael Gallup is definitely a receiver that, that uh, you know, you should start and, and somebody that maybe you should try to trade for before the trade deadline, depending on when your trade deadline is. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I have him. He's only 23 years old, keep in mind, too. Right. Super young, super talented player. And as much as I'm not the biggest fan of Dak, it's like kind of like you said, he really does rely on him a bit because when you got Amari Cooper, maybe he's getting doubled. And who else do you look to? Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. It's really your only other option unless you're looking for Zeke. But and that, that that actually helps him too. Though. There's so many players on that offense, you can only cover so many. And yes, start him. Great player. Love it. Anything else? Is <laughs> uh, not well, moving into some tight ends. Yeah, we're moving into tight ends. Yeah. All right, let's do it. So I my I think everyone knows my fantasy um, play. I don't focus too much on tight ends, but. He's kind of seemed like the obvious plays. Figured we'd talk about him, though. Darren Waller has a very favorable matchup versus Cincinnati, obviously. So, I, I mean, he's a must-start, maybe if you play FanDuel or something. I mean, there's no way he's on the waiver wire, so you're not picking him up. And right. I don't know why you wouldn't be starting him anyways, because that's kind of usually how tight ends go. But favorable matchup. Also, Jared Cook versus Tampa Bay, who I'm really liking this week. How about you? Yeah, I would agree with those. Um, you know, another tight end that I definitely have, have liked uh, over the course of the last few weeks is uh, Gerald Everett of the L.A. Rams. Uh, I know the Rams had a little bit of a weird uh, game offensively this past week against Pittsburgh, to say the least. It was not a good day for Jared Goff, or especially not a great day for Cooper Cup. But Gerald Everett had 12 targets, uh, eight catches, You know, did, it, did his thing, 68 yards. I think he's a, a tight end that has been somewhat underutilized, and he was a little bit dinged up early in the season. Um, but it's now starting to kind of come into his own. So if you're looking for a tight end to kind of maybe stream for a week, uh, Gerald Everett is going up against Chicago on Sunday night. Chicago's defense obviously is, is one of the better defenses in the league, but against tight ends, um, they are not too good. So 
they've allowed the third most uh, rece- reception yards uh, to tight ends this season. So Gerald Everett, you know, I think that that's a, a flyer to definitely take a look at. Yeah, no, I like that. You know who I just saw? And obviously this has nothing really to do in fantasy relevance. What the hell happened to Trey Burton? Right. Trubisky yeah. effect, I guess, is right. all I got. But what the, Trubis- the, the hell Trubisky happened? Effect. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this season, going into this season, I looked at tight ends. And I'm like, man, Trey Burton had a phenomenal year last year. But this season, he has done nothing. I mean, I think his highest scoring week of the season was like six points um, with yeah. four catches and 20 yards or something like that. So, yep, it was week yeah. three. Week three. I mean, that's he's been terrible. I mean, the, the Chicago Bears offense as a whole has been really bad. And as you said, Trubisky effect. I don't know if Mitch Trubisky is the guy for the Bears. I don't know if I'm ready to you know, give up on him just yet. But as we said earlier, when you have possibly guys like Cam Newton, um, maybe Jameis Winston or Mariota, I'd like to think that all three of those guys are, are probably better than Mitch Trubisky, right? Yeah. So we might see a quarterback change there. Yeah, no, I I just think there's lots of concern with Trubisky. What is this third year? It's you need to start seeing more at this point. They even gave him the benefit of the doubt last year, which he did show more last year. You know, kind of right. like how we feel with Allen now. Like he is showing more, but when you don't progress anymore, and, and I think Trubisky's regressed, it's that's not good. You know, I mean, yeah. they have a great defense. They do have players on the offense. He really shouldn't be regressing like that. And uh, yeah, I don't think he'll be there. Yeah, I I don't think he'll be around much longer. At the very least, maybe not the starter, maybe the maybe the backup. But um, yeah, I mean, when you look at those quarterbacks too, they that are taken in the first round, they have that four year deal and then a fifth year rookie option. I mean, why would why would Chicago do that option if they have a Cam Newton or if they have Jameis Winston or if they have Mariota or I mean, even Andy Dalton I think would be an upgrade uh, yeah. over Mitch Trubisky. So. You know, Andy Dalton will probably be a free agent as well. So a lot of moving parts potentially in 2020. But, um, yeah, I mean, Trey Burton has been bad. Uh, David Montgomery, they finally decided to use the last couple weeks. But even I I, I kind of stay clear of Chicago. They're one of those teams that just is, is an odd team because they're so good defensively, but their offense just not that great. <laughs> kind of like right. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, Yes, yes, but Chicago's Buffalo. a mess over there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Chicago is a mess over there. <laughs> right. Any other tight ends you want to talk about? Uh, a tight end that I would definitely like to throw out there uh, as far as a tight end that I think could be decent, could be solid as well. Um, shout out to old man River Kyle Rudolph, who had two oh, touchdowns uh, last week against the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Kirk Cousins, as we've talked about on this show before, he has looked a lot better these last few weeks. He's mixed the ball, spread the ball around. Um, Kyle Rudolph could be somebody that, that really uh, continues this. Mike Jasecki of the Miami Dolphins, um, he's a tight end that I, I really like. I know he didn't really have a good week last week, but it seems like Devontae Parker is the number one passing option in Miami. Uh, Mike Jasecki is the number two, I would definitely say. So, that might be a tight end. If you really need tight end help, if you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for a tight end, then those would be guys that I would look at. Yeah, and actually, to your point about Kyle Rudolph, um, like you said, Kirk had some struggles at the beginning of the year. If you look back, say, starting in week seven, he had a 16-point game, then a week eight, four, and then 11, 19. I mean, those last four weeks look good. He has a favorable matchup for his Denver 
I mean, maybe it is worth a pickup, to be honest, because I know he's been dropped in a lot of leagues because of that beginning of the season. He wasn't doing anything. So I really right. like that you brought that up. That's a great point. And Giusecki, I feel like, is a higher flyer. But I like that Rudolph point. I think yeah, I'm going to pick him up now. No. <laughs> I, de- <laughs> I definitely think Rudolph will, will continue. I mean, he's a veteran. He's like the Jason Witten of the, of the Vikings. He's been around forever, and he's a smart, you know, tight end. He's not really athletically as great as – as he once was, but he's somebody I wouldn't mind having as a backup or somebody that I could trust in a, in a pinch for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into some defenses. I don't want to talk too much about this. Um, from what I'm looking at, obviously Oakland plays Cincinnati. What to get the rookie quarterback in? That could be a favorable play. Maybe if you have a bye week and you have to pick up a defense and you could hope for a pick or something, you know, just crappy play out of the quarterback. Um, I mean, if you have Buffalo, I don't know, he wouldn't be starting them. So you wouldn't even want to talk about that. Uh, New Orleans, you should have them starting. I mean, is there any defenses you're specifically thinking about? I guess if you're looking Uh, lower on the spectrum that no one would have. Right. I mean, um, a defense that's out there that has a favorable matchup, in my opinion, is is Dallas. Um, They played Detroit this week. And Obviously, uh, with what what is the guy's name? Joe Driscoll or Jeff Driscoll? Yeah, it's Driscoll. I don't who know was, the first yeah, name, but Driscoll. Who was, yeah, who was, yeah. Who was the backup? And he was a backup, I think, in Cincinnati for a few years. He's bounced around, a, a journeyman backup quarterback. Anytime you get a backup quarterback starting for the opposite team, you, you gotta at least look into uh, streaming that team's defense. And Dallas has been decent this year. They've been okay. So yeah. that's a defense that I would definitely look at. The Jets play Washington. That's a great matchup, too, if you're looking for someone. I don't know if the Jets would specifically be owned in every league, so that could always be an option. Right, right. And even, you know, um, I I would probably say Cleveland uh, against uh, Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph has shown in moments that he's just he he just gets so frazzled and and just can't get rid of the football. Or Sometimes he forces things. Um, Cleveland's defense was a defense that I really, really liked. Uh, as far as preseason, you know, hype, I thought Cleveland's defense would be really, really good. Uh, and they've shown, you know, throughout the season that they can be really, really good. But um, they're a defense that has kind of played below my expectations. I think they're bound at some point to have a real big week, and it could potentially come here against Pittsburgh, if especially if James Conner doesn't play. You know, I think that will hurt. But that could be like a flyer matchup on Thursday night. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. They have way too many players on that defense. And even, I don't want to talk about next year, but I think they're going to be scary next year, too, if they can start getting the gears, like, clicking. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they have tons of them. And, like, Greedy, the, you know, Denzel Ward. Like, there's so – Miles Garrett. I don't want to think about it. But Right. Well, you know, you know what the, I mean? the, there was – the, at one point, we'll, we'll kind of just use this as a, as a sidebar. The Miami Heat had LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. They went to the finals against the Dallas Mavericks, and they lost. So, Novinsky. Things happen. You know, sometimes it takes a year to kind of get your feet wet. Obviously, the Cleveland Browns won't be in the Super Bowl. But at the same time, you know, maybe next year. Maybe, you know, maybe it's just they just needed a year to kind of figure out who they are, figure out who they, who they are not. And, you know, they got another offseason to, to hopefully get better. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. All right, well, after that, we just went through every position. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Some IDPs? Just kidding. Don't ever play those. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, off the top of my head, I definitely think that um, 
this should be, you know, as far as Buffalo Bills fantasy football goes, it's, I get questions about the Bills all the time because of the Thomas takeover. Post-game show, Sunday nights on the Trainer X Sports Twitter. You notice how I just plug myself there at the end. I had to. Hey, you have to. <laughs> but um, Devin Singletary, what the, what the hell was that? Devin Singletary got eight. Well, not him, but yes. No, not, not his fault. What? Why? Why would Devin Singletary only get eight carries in a game? I could, I could just scream to the roof, tops, oh, the, off the, off a roof over that. Like that there, is there's, just horrible. There's two things I want to talk about. That I know. So the week before that, twenty touches, ninety-five yards, and a touchdown. So then, yes, we go into week ten, eight touches, forty-two yards. He averaged five point two yards a carry. Right. Why the fuck are you feeding him? You know what I mean? It's not like he wasn't getting yards on it. He got 5.2 yards a carry. The dude is averaging like 6.4 on a year. Give him the ball. I, 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 just, I don't get it. I don't I get don't it. Understand. It goes to my hashtag fire Dable, you know, for another reason. I mean, I think that's oh, actually boy. One, of, one of the main reasons. But I think Devin Singletary should definitely bounce back this week. Buffalo against Miami in Miami. Uh, maybe that South Beach weather will, you know, kind of get rid of some of the, you know, bumps and bruises that maybe Singletary has, or maybe that Frank Gore has, and they'll be running in the sunshine. Yeah, we <laughs> can hope so, right? right? I think they should be good to go that week, though. And yeah, and then again, obviously, you just plugged it, but the Thomas Takeover post game show every Sunday, 7 p.m., and his own podcast, which is Wednesdays. I have it right, Wednesdays and something else, correct? Yep, Wednesdays and sometimes Sundays, depending on, or sometimes actually Thursdays, depending on, you know, what I got going on. But I, I release those, you know, kind of uh, as is on those days. And people that follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Thomas Take, I put those on my Twitter, I put those on my Instagram Subscribe um, to the iTunes and you just uh, won't even matter what day it comes yeah, out. You see it. Won't even, yeah, you'll see it no matter what on the Thomas Take Sports Podcast. So, And there we go. Yeah. And is there any Thomas Takeover Player of the Week that you think is going to tear it up this week? Is it Devin Singletary? Thomas Takeover Player of the Week. You know what? I'm actually going to give you three. And, I'm, and I'm this gonna... is for Week 11, correct? Who you think is going to have a good week? Yep. This okay. is for Week 11. I'm going to give you some that are a little bit a little bit different, okay? And okay. I'm going to just just to, just to play, you know, something fun. Now, are these I like think, sleepers or are these just going to be fun? I think that they'll – well, technically, technically it'll be both. Okay, let's hear Let's hear So three players that I think will take over uh, week 11. I think Devin Singletary is going to be one of them, most definitely. Uh, another player that I think is going to have a really decent week, given the situation uh, that he is in, this week, I think Daryl Williams will be the third, uh, or be the second. Da- Damian Williams. I da- say. Damian Williams. Right. Okay. Shout out to Darius Geis of the Washington Redskins. He is back, added to the fifty-three man roster. If he starts against the New York Jets, I think he will have a very good game. Uh, for okay. a player that's coming back from an injury, I think I could see ten to twelve carries, maybe you know fifty, sixty yards, a few catches. Uh, somebody that I definitely keep an eye on if you're a fantasy owner that's looking for running back help. I think maybe Geis could be maybe maybe not a player that takes over particularly week 11, but a player that could take over, uh, you know, as as the season wears on. OK, so you heard it right there. Devin Singletary, Geis, and who was the second? Oh, Damon Williams running back for the Chiefs. Lock it in. There you go. There's, there's your backs of the week. 
Three running backs, yeah. Hey, they're the kings of fantasy football, are they not? That's for sure. You got to have a rich staple of RBs in your in your lineup with fresh depth. All right. Well, with that, I think we are all good to go. Thank you again for listening. The tr- sorry, the Trainwreck Fantasy Football Show. We will be back next week. Good night now.